Ladies and gentlemen, we have a great episode of Cheap Heat to do today. We are about to do an interview with uh, Wade Keller from PW Torch for about 10 minutes. Then we will preview Stomping Grounds, uh, do some Black Power rankings, talk about lots going on outside the ring. SGG is in studio today. So much to do. And I wanted to give a big, big shout out as we get starting to my good friends at Vivid Seats. Yes. All right, Vivid Seats, okay? This is the official ticket partner of ESPN. At Vivid Seats, you can see your seats before you buy them, and they're backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. Um, it is super-duper easy to do, okay? You don't want to go through one of those ticket-buying experiences that's just terrible, one of these websites that's untrustworthy, or I'm going to just go down to the stadium and see what I can get. No, don't do that. Go to Vivid Seats. It's so easy. The largest independent ticket marketplace around. Spend less time in the waiting room and more time in great seats. The seats of your choice. Don't buy any seat. Get a Vivid Seat. Now, it's time for the Shoot Arrow, baby. Yes, sir. We promised you a great man. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'm not going to give you the JWO remix right now because we have a busy man on the phone who I can't keep waiting all day. Yeah. He's got hours and hours of podcasts to do before stomping grounds this weekend. Welcome to the number one sports and recreation podcast on planet Earth. Um, Stack Guy Greg is back in studio yet again. Yeah. I love it. This is becoming a regular thing. Welcome to the shoot, Arrow Baby. That's the only way to do it. We got to start it big. Well, listen, sometimes in in wrestling, the best friendships we've ever seen come together starts with a feud. And this may have been the most mild and short-lived feuds of them all. But for about 30 seconds on Twitter, people thought that I had a serious feud with the one and only Wade Keller, the only wrestling journalist whose podcast I have ever regulared and spent time with, which is why I had a mediocre impression of him down. So <laughs> from PW Torch, we have Wade Keller. Wade, what up, man? How you doing? Fantastic. How are you? Uh, doing great. Doing great. Fridays are always good. Uh, yeah, Fridays are always good, and I, I would have been so disappointed if you didn't have a nice, crispy landline, but of course you do. Oh, I, that's the only reason I keep it, is for stuff like this. Yeah, you sound you sound tremendous. Um, well, listen, uh, we are we are obviously going to get to a bunch of stuff today, some of which will be stomping grounds. Um, I, I made the joke earlier when I was talking this week to someone about not being on WWE programming this week, and I was saying one of the upsides is I don't have to sell a new random pay-per-view title like I did when I did Great Balls of Fire. Um, although, <laughs> although Stomping Grounds is a much better, much better title than Great, than Great Balls of Fire. But what, what I'd rather start although, with... Although if you worked for them, you'd have to say Stomping Grounds, where they're kicking ass and taking names. Um, and no, no, and then I'd have to say it is a WrestleMania equivalent or, or better than <laughs> WrestleMania. Um, no, it's, there's, there's not Saudi money on this. So yeah, you no. to, you're not, you don't have to pay that. Pay so that. Only if there's a foreign entity involved, you have to say it could be WrestleMania equivalent. Now, Greg, uh, wait, that is something that really bothered me. Um, I didn't hear your take on that. Did you have any strong feelings either way on them using the terminology WrestleMania equivalent? Yeah, I, I don't like it. I, I think that it, it, um, I think that they've spent a, me, decades building up the, re, the equity in the WrestleMania name. And I, I think that considering the controversial aspect of Saudi Arabia, the fact that crowds were booing the mere logo crown jewel last fall after the Jamal Khashoggi slaying, I think that, um, it, it, I think it rubbed some people the wrong way and it came across as, uh, look what Saudi money bought this time. Uh, the, the WrestleMania word being thrown around. I don't know the backstory on it, but I, I, I mean, I don't think it's a big deal, but I think that it 
probably I got the sense it rubbed people the wrong way that they were using the equity from WrestleMania. I think there's already a little resentment that Undertaker, Goldberg, Shawn Michaels comeback are at these like other non WrestleMania events, and I think that rubbed it in a little bit. I got a good email from the mailbag this week. You mentioned Undertaker. Um, and I want to give credit to the guy who sent it, but I'll ask the question first. He, he basically pointed out that last week when we talked about, um, the Saudi Arabia show, we spent most of our time, um, beating up, um, let's see if this is it, beating up, uh, Goldberg. And I kind of let Undertaker off the hook because I think, uh, I don't, truthfully, as, as, as a WWE leaning guy, and this is crazy, because normally if there's anyone of Jewish persuasion doing anything, I put them over no matter what. I understand. I, I understand that. Well, Greg, we know you understand. I understand that. I mean, Greg, I, I, we, we, yeah, you're, there, Greg is still, Greg still wants to have a section of the show named after the natural Butch Reed. But I, in spite, in spite of Goldberg being Jewish, I mean, listen, I put over uh, Josh Rosen uh, from the Cardinals, who last year was not good. But yeah, I, I just have a tendency to sort of hate on Goldberg from a wrestling standpoint. I admit that. I don't know if it's the end of Bret Hart's career or what it is. But I do feel that we kind of let Undertaker off the hook a little bit. Um, Wade, do you feel at this point, it's sort of as much as we talk about WWE and why are they bringing back Undertaker, how much of that sort of rests at the Undertaker's door for continuing to come back and take these checks? And, and, and do you think it's actually sullying his legacy in any way? I think it's sullying his legacy for sure. I think that, um, I mean, you don't know till you get to the point that we're at, which is, you know, a couple of weeks after his last, the last match we saw, that was a bit of a disaster. And then you kind of have to take inventory and go, how do I feel about Undertaker right now? Because I think there was some genuine excitement with mixed feelings about finally seeing Undertaker and Goldberg one-on-one. Certainly, uh, you know, understandable trepidation. Uh, I hope I didn't over-enunciate trepidation for that you. That was a lot. That was a lot. <laughs> okay, good, good. All right. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Go but I think by now, <laughs> we had to look. Now when we look at his legacy, it's, we're so far removed from him having the match of the night at WrestleMania, late in what we thought was late in his career. And when you add to it, the only reason he did it is for the Saudi money, the big payday. And I think, you know, this is one of the last memories people have is him sitting up and just looking disgusted with everything. And and we were disgusted as viewers with right. seeing guys go in there and not be able to do it. And granted, there were extenuating circumstances, a lot of travel, incredible heat, um, Goldberg headbutting a door, maybe concussing himself even before the match. Even though, by the but way, still, that's, that's something you should have figured out by now. He's done this multiple times. So like, he's got to learn. You know. that, that you got to pick the right doors to headbutt, Goldberg. You can't just knock yourself out before a big match. Or just, like, now that he's, you know, his age, or maybe he should have done this always, use a prop. Right. <laughs> make it sound like you had right door, they'll do that for you yeah. they would they would definitely yeah. if he said i need a door that won't hurt my head they would say okay we will arrange that for you or if you gotta get the heart rate going just do some jumping jack yeah yeah some light cardio so, no, no. how about push-ups push-ups even for someone who's in shape you do a nice you know 50 push-ups before he gets out there yeah he'll be ready to go but uh, you know that totally. i mean i i I hear Shane does a thousand push-ups before his matches. That's why he's so so sweaty and winded on his way to the ring. You know what? I believe that though. His chest is large. I, I, I was watching. I went back and revisited because I do about once of the year uh, his King of the Ring match with Kurt Angle, and he is such a smaller guy there in his late twenties than he is yeah. now. I mean, Shane is. Yeah. Say what you will about him. That, like he's gotten very jacked. Even when um when he won that steel cage match against the Miz and like slipped out of his shirt. Yeah. And he gets up and I'm like. Oh, Shane might, like, this might hurt if he punches me in the face no, for real. Like, no, he, he looks, I might have a problem. No, he looks believable. Yeah. Um, hey, wait, yeah. I wanted to ask you, unrelated to this current product, and I want to ask you a couple other things about the current product. I've never heard you talk about specifically what were the first steps you took from being a psychotic fan to I am going to cover this. And what would just tell me a little bit about the beginning of that path and how you started doing it. Yeah, so I was, I was, a wrestling fanatic from age eight, nine. I went to my first show at age 10. It was Vern Gagne's retirement match way back then in 1981. And then I like started writing down results in a notebook of every TV show I watched and, and putting notes down about what I would do, like what I, who I wanted to see wrestle, who I wanted to see get pushed more. Uh, I was like, just like totally obsessed with it. And then I uh, started 
every day after school, I'd walk to the convenience store. Not every day. The, I think Tuesdays and Thursdays were magazine day at the convenience store. And I'd get off on a different bus stop, walk to the store, and hope the magazine came in on time. And then I'd obsessively read them and sort them and organize them in my early teens. And then I discovered in the back of Wrestling Eye magazine uh, classified ads for newsletters and fan club bulletins. Um, and I subscribed to just a bunch all at once. And I got, like, wrestling form in the mail. I got an early wrestling observer with the A key that didn't work, and Dave didn't buy him new typewriter for like months and people came out of that era <laughs> and, and uh, several others too tom burke's uh i uh, can't remember the name right now uh global wrestling news service and so on and on and i so i just like read those over and over again and within months um that was in 80 like may of 87 i got the newsletters for the first time by october i was like i want to do this i'm going to start typing i had taken a summer school typing course so i knew how to type which was super cool and uh and i'm like i'm going to utilize this i can do a newsletter and i was based in the awa territory and there was a, a, a an emerging independent wrestling scene that wasn't being covered in the other newsletters so i was like let me try this and so i rented a p.o box uh talked to my mom into letting me do it because she was hesitant about all kinds of things moms get worried about with me doing that yeah like and, weirdo uh, and, wrestling fans having an address she thought i'm sure there's lots yeah. of things to think about here yeah, exactly. Uh, and she was right and I was wrong, that there was nothing to worry about. Um, and and so, yeah, I rented the mailbox box and mailed it out to my friends and some people locally in wrestling. I sent it to the newsletter editors who, who exchanged plugs and Wrestling Eye magazine and a couple other magazines that ended up doing those things. And uh, so I, I grew just enough there, and then I started doing some local radio. Um, I was sort of the, the teenage novelty wrestling expert to be on WCCO AM radio, which was a huge, the number one station here in the cities. And yeah, so that, I don't know. I don't, I could, I probably gave a longer answer than you either, but that, that's kind of the, the, the launching point of it. And then I just, you know, started doing a bunch of advertising and sporting news and USA Today and, and full page ads and wrestling magazines. And by the time I graduated college, I, I had a full-time income. My mom had quit her job to come work for me. So she was like, Thanks. This is cool. I'm glad she, you did that. She was glad about that P.O. box now. Right, right, right. She was happy when the P.O. box yeah. was getting them checks. So she handled all the subscriptions and, and uh, all that stuff so I could concentrate on watching and writing about wrestling and talking to people on the phone about it. Wow. that's. I just wanted to hear that part of the story because I, I, I didn't know the details of it. And I assumed, I yeah. guess, it would be some version of that. But I think it's important for people to hear you know, why someone like you has such a credible voice because in, I see it more in hip hop. Um, although it is, it is happening in wrestling too with the emergence of podcasts. You have to be mindful. And as a nerd in the cultures that I love, you have to be mindful of the people that are giving you information. We live in an era where everyone has a voice and that is fantastic in certain situations, social injustices, tons of reasons where it's important. But in some cases, like monitoring a culture, it's not always ideal because sometimes you have really loud voices from people who have zero history. And so I think it's very important that people understand why you're an, a, a, such an authority um, on the business, not just because you do a good podcast, but that you put in the work. Um, and I love the beginnings there. It reminds me very much what you did relative to the Internet now reminds me so much of being a DJ who came up carrying crates of records. Vers yeah. versus, you know, I downloaded an entire collection in, in an hour and I'm a, I'm a DJ. I'm ready to go. Um, so you, one thing I admire about the way you do your podcast is that it's you and I think we're similar in this regard. You are passionate about what you don't like and you are passionate about what you do like. Um, so I, the last thing I want to ask you uh, and because we'll do this again. Tell me something you absolutely love right now and something that you think is just utterly repug and hate right now. Oh, there's so much to choose from on, on both sides. Um, okay, I'm gonna. I, I love that AEW is starting and has funding, and it's a blank slate, and everybody has the ideal version of what it's going to be in their mind. And I'm looking forward to 80% of those people having mixed feelings or being disappointed when it isn't exactly what they imagined in their head pro wrestling should be. But I also think it's going to be pretty damn good, and people will get over it quickly. So that's exciting. But I, I think right now, oh god, um, I got to pick. I still like NXT right now probably better than anything. Part of it is like time management. I can actually manage to follow it great, um, great without point. five hours of, of TV a week and overexposure wrestlers. But I love the booking. I love the announcing. I love the wrestling. I think it's, it's modern, but also clean. And, um, uh, oh, there's a word I can't think of right now. It's clean and it's well thought out and it's edited, the, the, the in-ring style. And I don't think they get enough credit for the things that they critique about what indie wrestlers bring to the performance center 
and how some bad habits get broken. And I, and I notice it when I see other products, and then I really admire what the NXT team does. I just think they, they're so close to my ideal vision. And I, I like a lot of different kinds of wrestling, but right now I'm just so happy that NXT is out there as a weekly product with the phenomenal takeover specials, um, putting, putting that product out there. So uh, that's, that's a fair, that, that's a good one. That's a, yeah. that's a, that's a good thing to choose. And, and I think you, the, the, the way you described it of modern yet clean, that's a, that's a really great way of saying it. And it's true. I mean, the problem is I end up usually for the podcast feeling I need to watch. Like if I have limited time, I need to watch Raw and SmackDown. But the beautiful yeah. thing about NXT is to your point, even if you get behind, you can catch up on it. In a couple of hours, um, yeah. As opposed to Ron and, and you get to hear Mauro Ronaldo get you excited about wrestling again if something got you down about wrestling in the previous week. That yeah, that is very very true. And somehow he manages to do it on every single platform that he does. Even Bellator yeah. fights that you know you really don't care about, he still manages to do it. And and what's one thing that you uh, really really hate the trajectory of or just don't enjoy right now? Oh man, I. The whole Saudi Arabia thing bugs me, um, but I would I, like the, the little nitpicky things uh, bother me. That I I feel like the the way that Vince McMahon approaches writing the TV and rewriting things at the last second sometimes, or very often, um, is leading to a sloppiness in some of the logic within WWE that shows itself more than I wish it did. And I don't want to talk about that stuff anymore. Um, I don't want to talk about Ember Moon walking down a hallway. And looking left, looking right, looking left, looking right, and then not, and then looking straight ahead, and then there's Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville right in front of her the whole time, and nobody producing the segment thought to say maybe we should have them around a corner because it's going to make Ember look like a complete idiot that they were 15 feet ahead of her and she didn't notice until she walked 10 feet further and discovered them. Little things like that, like bug me more than probably more than most people, but I like right now that has been really sloppy the last couple of weeks in WWE, um, and I. I for me, I enjoy the product more when I go, don't get distracted by the boom mic uh, on the top of the screen, and that's what that stuff looks like. <laughs> and the the interesting thing about you pointing that out, as I as I pull a flawless uh, promotion of your podcast, is what you're in your conversation with Moxley, him talking about how frustrating it is to have to shoot backstages all the time, um, over and over and over again. And I remember this well because often they're being shot in the TV locker room, so like my stuff. Is it would be in the background of where they're shooting one of these things, <laughs> and they really would take a, yeah. a good amount of time. And to your point, you're doing it four or five times. How does no one voice, "Hey guys, this is just super unrealistic"? And I loved what he said. I thought it was a really underrated point. If someone walks in the background or messes up a shot, quote unquote, in a legitimate sports interview, you don't redo it. It's just the yeah. way it's happening. And yep. you're trying to get it perfect, that which doesn't happen. And then to your point, Wade, it still doesn't end up perfect. So it's, it's yeah. double annoying. But um, glad you jumped on. I, w- I would love to have you on again. And uh, people, yeah. can, you can of course go look up the PW Torch and listen to all the many different things Wade does. I recommend. Listen, you can pay for the subscription and not hear his beautiful reads, or you, you can do it for free and hear his perfect diction uh, plugging things. For for uh, for a long time every week, so I think both are wonderful ways to go. But thanks for making time to do the show, dude. Yeah, thanks, Wade. The only search Wade Keller in podcast apps, not PW Torch. That's how you'll find my show. That's the way to do it. Okay, search Wade Keller yep. on whatever your podcast app is, and uh, we'll we'll look forward to doing more stuff down the road. And, and that Moxie interview is still available. That's the end of my plug. Thanks, Peter. <laughs> All right. Later, dude. Bye. <laughs> All right, take care, guys. There he is, uh, Wade Keller from PW Torch. Um, wanted to have him on the show and talk a little bit about wrestling and I get a little bit of the background. SGG, how was your week? Uh, what wonderful week. Busy but wonderful. Wait, hold on. There's something weird happening and I don't understand what it is. Today is the beginning of the shoot era of GP. The only way to have fun is to take the gloves off. Screw it. If I offend them, oh well. What I am going to do is call it down the line every single week. I know, I know. I love wrestling. So damn it, I am not giving up the podcast. Hell no, I'm doubling down and going the other way. Oh my goodness. 
Fuck it. Bring it on. All right, SGG, you sent me beautiful notes this week. Let's jump right into it with what's going on outside the ring. WWE is getting the, its own category in the ESPYs. Um, historically, you know, some athletes have been nominated for, you know, Sportsman of the Year and those types of categories. But this year, WWE has its own category and uh, four WWE superstars are nominated. Um, who was, who's nominated? So um, I, for, I believe the category is uh, Best WWE Moment. And nominated, you have Kofi Kingston for winning the championship at WrestleMania. You have uh, Becky Lynch for winning both women's championships also at WrestleMania. Ronda Rousey winning the Raw Women's Championship at SummerSlam and Roman Reigns returning to Raw after battling leukemia. All right, and now you guys are used to me shooting on WWE. You think I'm not going to shoot on my own company that I'm still actively working at? <laughs> um, can can ESPN make up their mind on WWE? Like, I'm so confused. I mean... Our, our, our podcast is a stepchild. <laughs> Um, no, no, we're not a stepchild. We're we're like a cousin, like one well, of. The, what about an adopted stepchild? A, it was already adopted, and then there's a divorce, and then what did you say? That's fair. Yeah, <laughs> that's so, exactly what it was. So there's that. Um, you know, this year for WrestleMania, I went and did lots of interviews all day, and all you know, they don't. I know that there's not a big interest in using them on Sports Center or anything like that. They just use them online. And, of course, I've been trying to pe- preach to people, as have many others who work here, um, a lot of people who work really hard, who are probably listening to the podcast right now. Um, so I'm not going to see, I'm not going to drag you into my, my beef here by no, throwing your name in there. But I'm I know in, you're there. I'm in, though. No, I'm no, in. Well, yeah, Greg, you got nothing to lose. I'm in. <laughs> we, know, we know that. <laughs> um, now... All we we, there, we all want there to be more, and like you know, WrestleMania is a great example. I did these interviews. I interviewed Seth Rollins. I interviewed Kofi Kingston in the New Day right after Kofi wins the title. Amazing interview that they absolutely should have used on TV too. By the way, that's a, like all you need to use is thirty seconds and show it. No interest in using it on Sports Center, and now WWE gets their own SB category. Now I get it; it's not that big a deal. You can just throw in a category. You know the WWE wrestlers love to come anyway, so maybe it was just a deal that they worked out where WWE was like, "Hey, this would be cool to do." But either way, I think if you give, if you want to, if you want the SBs to be taken seriously as a real award show and not just a night for celebrities to gather, then the awards mean something. And you added a category for WWE. All right, I like it. Let's get on board fully and do some things. Exactly. Can't, like, you can't just dip your toe in it. Like, well, it's like we act ESPN as a company. By the way, and I'm not just saying this. You know, well, yeah, I probably am saying this to protect myself, but it's also true. I love this company and talk about them proudly all the time. Like in terms of all the issues that I find important, how they handle diversity, how they handle um, most issues down the board. I really think they do a fantastic job. Um, and I've been very blessed to be here. But at the same time, this is a really make up your mind opportunity. Don't take yourself so seriously. Sports is entertainment. Okay. Watch first take. That's not always hardcore sports. That's entertainment. You know, well, I'm not saying you should lead Sports Center with WrestleMania, but you're telling me in the back half of the show to hit one spot from WrestleMania. Come on. Like it's, it's being, it's taking yourself too seriously. And, and down the board, I think sports broadcasters take themselves too seriously and think that sports is like real hard news, not entertainment. I got news for you guys. All sports is entertainment. Yeah. So anyways, I'm, I was happy to see the SP category, but it just made me want more. Like, all right, let's ESPN, we're getting on board. Let's do this. And uh, we'll see if that actually happens. But I think there are some people who just have the old school mentality about wrestling and don't think it's, you know, worthy because it's not competitive sports. Um, Anyways. What should happen, though, is you should present this award. Now, that's a beautiful thought. Who's going to present the award? We don't know. But I know who it better be. Sorry, I know I said I wasn't going to do gunshots very often, but, but they got we got they got us coming out the gate hot. That's it. welcome to the shoot, Arrow baby. <laughs> All right, so that's the SPs. What else you got? SG? I'm going to lighten the mood a little bit. WWE announced another partnership um, this week. This time with Netflix, uh, they're going to do an original film scheduled to be released in 2020 called The Main Event. Uh, this news broke via the Wrap, and um, it's going to be starring. Seth Carr, who, for those of you who don't know the name, but you happen to see Black Panther, he played uh, Baby Killmonger. 
It's going to star Tashina Arnold, who um, SGG is in on this film. Oh yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred. I'm not going to say why, but I have a hunch that SGG is in on 100%, this. One hundred percent, I'm in on this film. It's a, it's a, it's basically like Mike for wrestling. It's starting. A, it's about a little kid. Well who said. Finds That's a great description. A mask, and then. The mask has magical powers that make sense. It's also him. like the movie The Mask. It is an awesome <laughs> pro wrestler. Um, and yeah, I'm locked in. First of all, it's Netflix, so I don't have to buy a ticket to the theater and decide really? is that I the like fir- Is that the first of all or is that the second of all? That's the second of all. First of all, it's Kofi Kingston, a, a black cast, a diverse cast, but it's a black boy growing up to be right. a, a major, a made superstar. I mean, and by my the, dream. And this by, is my dream. And there, and there are so many other people who that's true of and haven't gotten to see a story like that play out. I mean, it's, 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 listen, it's for kids. Obviously, it's going to be geared towards kids, but honestly, it sounds like a good project. Like, I know it's not like, uh, yes, do I have my ideas that I would love to see done when it comes to a wrestling film that aren't like that? Of course I do. That's for kids, but it sounds really like a good, it sounds like a good project for kids, honestly. It does. And, um, and also, honestly, just, I mean, business wise, a Netflix bag on, you know, can't hurt. Well, I wonder, but we don't know what the deal of with the relationship is, right? Um, well, Netflix is probably producing it. They're probably paying, they're probably paying WWE to produce it. That would be my assumption that they're paying WWE films to produce it. Yes, or, it's definitely a WWE Studios film. Right. It's a WWE Studios film. But yes, I'm sure there's still a bag involved. Yeah. Um, and exposure, great timing for Kofi Kingston. But anyways, speaking of which, we got to move along so we can get to Kofi shortly. Sure. What else you got? Lars Sullivan is injured. That's this confirmed now. Wrestling Observer Newsletter. He's going to be out. Um, I think I saw six to nine months. So maybe Rumble, maybe Mania. Maybe they hold off on him till after that. But he's going to be gone for a while. Um, do we know how long? <laughs> Literally just said six to nine months. No, no. How long though? Sorry, I Wade. Wade sent a thank you text. I was replying to it. I'm sorry. Six to nine months, you said? Yes. Oh my God. See, that see, was- see, guys, that's the truth. I wasn't listening. Welcome to the shoot, Arrow baby. <laughs> uh, I could stupid John Lena, John Cena's low level. Um. Wow, that's a bummer. Yeah. Dan, do we curse him? I don't mean he was already injured when we started throwing the. Uh, Throwing rocks at him. You think so? Him. We think that was already there, right? Yeah, I think so. it might have already been. Um. All right. Well, get well, Lars Sullivan. Even though I hated the gimmick and uh, not so sure about you, don't you hate to hear that yeah. someone's out that long? That's a that's a real bummer. Um. Especially when you're getting that much of a push, they were spending time on him. Yeah, they were really behind him. He just won a three on one handicap match, and now he goes down. And also, the three guys who. Are, are healthy just got washed in the handicap match. Right. Now I wonder who's out there that could benefit from the absence of Lars Sullivan because every time one person disappears, someone else gets an opportunity. Could that be is, Alistair Black, could be Bray Wyatt. Could, could be, be Alistair Black. Could be, be the well, Monster uh, yeah. Among Men. You think, uh, well, he, he, we'll he fits into the monster role. They could go back to Braun. Yeah, just that, by go back to pushing Braun. Break glass on that one anytime. But um moving along in news and rumors. Go ahead. AEW pulled John Moxley, who is currently the New Japan Pro Wrestling United States Champion, from an appearance, and um, it's sort of hilarious. I have some thoughts on this. It, it's funny to watch wrestling fans, the inconsistency that comes up. Uh, you could call it inconsistency, you could call it hypocrisy, but it's just funny to see because on the one hand, if any other company put their United States Championship on a wrestler who could not wrestle for them in the United States, they'd be called clowns. New Japan is being spared a lot of criticism on that front. And then also, AEW, who has positioned themselves as an alternative to WWE and a place where wrestlers can go and be free and can, you know, exercise their creative freedom. The first thing they do is they pull Moxley from this New Japan show that's supposed to happen in the States, which is a WWE move, and nobody says anything about it. No one is complaining about this? No one is complaining about this. And that's hands down the reason we know it happened. Yes, because uh, apparently in his AEW contract, he is not allowed to wrestle in the States for other promotions, but then he went to Japan and accepted the United States Championship. Well, I guess there's a certain level of it because he was he already wrestled on a small promotion here. 
Yeah, he did. So the big one, maybe he agreed to not do the big one. I guess ones. because it's televised, uh, they didn't want oh, there him you go. on it. But also, then he's not free. <laughs> he's not the land of the free as you've been pl- but, proclaimed to be. Like, I, that, Greg, I don't even have much to add. You really, on both counts, just summed it up. It shows the benefit of the doubt that we're willing to give to anyone who's not WWE. Yeah, New Japan or Because New Japan, you're right, that's a stupid move. And if TNA did this, like TNA, we would be, not TNA, excuse me, Impact. I just, out of habit, I keep calling them TNA. But if Impact did this, we'd be piling on with all the jokes. It would be a thing for weeks. But New Japan doesn't. It's like, oh, honest mistake. No, it was stupid. Yeah, well, it's stupid or inconsiderate or both. Um but yeah, it's it is interesting. Like everyone thought AEW, this is oh, this is freedom. Yeah. We do amazing things. No one has to have a written promo. Everyone just gets to go freestyle. WWE is buying up the indies, but then Dean Moxley leaves and goes to the indies, and he's trapped now by AEW. Is he free or not? Was that an intentional? You called him Dean Moxley, or is it accident? That was the accident. But wow, that kind of works actually. I'm not mad. I mean, yeah, we'll take. I'll take it. Um, great point though. It's a great point. That's a very WWE move. In fact, WWE these days... WWE did it to Undertaker and people got all bent out of shape at the StarCast. That was for StarCast. Yeah. Not, and, and by the way, WWE these days, they ha- I saw the other day that they have um, on the big Evolve show, there are multiple people from NXT on the Evolve show. Yeah, they, they do They do their with, moments. Yeah. They have their moments. So that is... You know what, Craig? Well done. I'm going to give you one of these. I'm very impressed. Welcome to the shoot, Arrow Baby. Point one up to the sky. Yeah. We need a shoot Arrow logo, by the way. Also. We do. Because, I mean, I'm considering... And actually, you know what? This would be a very good indicator. Rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. I'm not going to Toronto, and neither of us are going to Toronto for SummerSlam. And I'm considering us doing a live broadcast, live podcast, the day of SummerSlam. So we would do like an hour podcast and at like a bar somewhere and then watch the podcast with the people. Watch we, the pay-per-view. Sorry, I'm confused. They're not going to want to see the podcast again. again right? We'll record <laughs> yeah. the podcast and then we'll all sit and have a good listen to the podcast. No, we'll record a live podcast with the audience, then watch SummerSlam with the audience, have some beverages and hang out. What do you think? I love it. I'm in. So if you're in, if you're in the New York area or plan to be a SummerSlam weekend and you would want to do that, uh, I'm just trying to get an idea if this is something I feel worthwhile and what size venue I should consider. But RosenbergBeats at gmail.com, reach out. That's something I am seriously considering. Anything else, Greg, outside the ring? No, that's it. And uh, I feel like we could jump right into Stomping Grounds at this point. Don't we? Let me see if I have the Stomping Grounds theme song. Mm. No, there's no such thing. Um, <laughs> all right, let's do it. Let's jump right into the card for this weekend. I will use as the theme song instead um, Batista flubbing the Royal Rumble. I came back to be WWE World Heavyweight Champion. And I earned the right to do that by winning the Rumble Royal Rumble. <laughs> so simple. Yeah. But so good. Oh, man. What do you got, SGD? <laughs> so, um, the New Day, represented this time by uh, Big E and Xavier Woods, against Kevin Owens and Kofi, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, excuse me, not Kofi Kingston. This is a rough day for everyone. I didn't hear anything. Like, <laughs> maybe Wade Keller's perfect diction through the show whole. Yeah, he, the, he the set the bar track. so high. I mean, all my insecurities are coming out. I mean, even when you were talking about you know um, the responsibility to the culture to not just put a fraud on the mic as you were looking at me, I'm just like, wait, did I say that? Not not in those in those words. I'm just like, I need to need to be on my. <laughs> oh, I need to be. I need to. I, I can't just be anyone. You're right, exactly. I, I show the people who I am. Yeah, I, I like to step my game up. And no, no, we're falling apart here. Yeah, no. So, all right, it's new day on the other way versus KO and Sami Zayn. Part of me thinks uh, that's a KO Sami Zayn win. That's my thought. I feel um, like it has to be. I mean, you're just. Try, it depends how much they, what they where this is going. If this is just a little holdover thing to do, then I guess it doesn't matter. But if they're going to try to build something while Kofi has other stuff going on with these two and KO and Sami Zayn, then I would assume it would be KO and Sami Zayn. Um, I, for no other strong reason except that is everyone in New Day going to win that night? And since the focal point of the New Day is Kofi right now, wins for, K, for Xavier and Big E don't matter that much. Whereas KO and Sami Zayn seem to be getting a focus right now on their own. So I think it's probably more important. We'll probably see a victory from KO and Sammy. Same. I think KO and Sammy, I wouldn't say that they need it anymore, any more than uh, the New Day needs it. None of them need it. But it, for them, it definitely matters more because, I mean, KO's a threat regardless. Same with Sammy. 
But he has to get wins too. Sammy exactly. is one of those guys who we love, but like be credible. You have to have some wins at some point. Exactly. Especially after Sammy on Tuesday, you know, ten seconds into the match, he gave up the first fall. He needs to he needs to redeem himself a little right. bit. All right, so we'll go KO Sammy Zayn. Um, but I look forward to that. That should actually be a pretty good match. It's, it's, I'll tell you what. Stupid name for a pay-per-view. Not terrible. Stupid. Solid card, though. Solid card. Solid card. Let's go. What's next? Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. What's become a bit of a grudge match at this point. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not in love with this story, though I really enjoyed their moment on Raw when Roman went to the back and beat everyone up. Yeah, I thought that same. was fun. And then I loved him doing the, the jump over the, um, railing. Or whatever that's called, Barrett Barricade. Um, but that being said, you know what? I'm going to say something that we haven't said on the show. Don't, but you know, you about to go. But you know, welcome to the shoot, Arrow Baby. What? This? this isn't shocking. Okay. Said, no, this is not a big deal. I just haven't said it. <laughs> what? What is it that doesn't connect with Drew McIntyre? He's so big. He's a solid wrestler. I like his voice. He got better on the mic than he did in years past. He's definitively better on the mic. They kind of retooled his look and made it like he's more complete. And, you know, he's ginormous and can go. And I don't, I think he can go. I mean, I I don't have a, he doesn't have a classic match I can remember, but I enjoy him in the ring. And yet something misfires, like does just, does not connect completely. I think for me, what it is, is that he's, the henchman when he should be the boss. He went from uh Dolph Ziggler's sidekick to getting rid of Dolph Ziggler and spending a couple of months on his own and he was really hot on his own and then now he's Shane McMahon's sidekick and in both of those sidekick roles he was like the guy taking the loss but also bringing the heat when like let him keep his heat. Shane gets all the Drew heat because Drew is the buffer if everybody wants to get to Shane, you know what? I'm I'm retiring from the podcast and leaving it to Greg because you are you are nailing on every. You're hitting. You said you were worried earlier. You're hitting on every cylinder. I appreciate that. I That's 100 percent true. How many times can you see this huge guy who's so intimidating as a smaller guy sidekick before you go? Wait, are you really the man or not? Nah? Right, especially after he broke away from Dolph and told us he was going to be the man, and he was the man for a little while. I also think this is an example of they don't take the new when new big bad guys show up. They don't ever let those guys get clean wins. And I know that bad guys have to cheat to win. I know. But not always. Not if they're huge. They got to be monstrous. They got to be credible people sometimes with a one, two, three in the middle of the ring. Yes, be a cheater. Show me that you can win fairly, but choose to cheat anyway. (laughs) I like that. That's the key. So I, I don't think we've gotten enough of that from Drew. Um but I'll be bummed out if nothing ever really fully goes all the way with Drew McIntyre. Yeah, because I think it should. He's here. This like he has all the pieces this time around. Yeah. Well, let's see what happens. Cruiserweight Championship champion Tony Nese defending in a triple threat match against Drew Gulak and Akira Tazawa, former Cruiserweight champion Akira Tazawa. Probably the best wrestling match on the card, and I would say the winner will be Popcorn. Um, or in my case. Maybe a beverage. That is that is harsh, but I feel like for most of the most of the uh, audience, that's, that's accurate. No, I, I'm just being honest. This is not. It's not. The, it's not their fault. Again, no. this is the way it's positioned. Um, those guys can obviously all work. Um, it'll be a great match. I have no clue who's going to win. I'm not going to pretend that I've been following 205 Live or that I necessarily remember that Tony Nese was cruiserweight champion. But um, I don't know. Uh, Tony Nese. Yeah, Tony Nese. Uh, Tony Nese sounds good to me. I mean, and, the, and you're a guy. Now, great for the record. You watch NXT every week? Not every week, but I try to keep up with you it. You try to keep sure, up. Yeah. Do you ever get to a five live? Sometimes, like same thing. Not every week, but I try to keep you up. Try to just find your moments. Yeah. But yeah, the, the but, truth is, it's a bummer because the best wrestling match of the night shouldn't be a popcorn match. But in this case, when the attention's not put on them, I do think that's what happens with the cruiserweights. And and yeah, and then it's like how many times do you have to be pleasantly surprised by. The quality of the match before, and that's what I think. Too. I, I don't know if it's a fan thing or a WWE thing, but uh, or a combination. But they definitely are not in the position where they should be based on the quality. Two hundred five. You, you know, two hundred five live needs the bruiser weight. He's he he. Now they could still not pay attention to it, and they could still make it not work if they wanted to. But I think the bruiser weight would. Um, Pete Dunn would take it to a different level, I think. I think so too. Definitely like his, his charisma. Is, by the way, 
if for some reason you were busy WrestleMania weekend and never listened to the podcast we did that weekend. Fantastic Pete Dunn interview. The Pete Dunn interview is so good. I really, like, I did not know him personally at all. And I really recommend right now, because I'm sure a lot of people miss that, because Mania Weekend, there's just a lot to, to take in, because we dropped it on the weekend. Yeah. Go listen to the Pete Dunn interview. It's, it's a, it is a word. All the interviews we did, actually, that whole day. Daniel the, Bryan gave us some gold, too. And then, but we had a, you know, we, we had, had Becky Lynch as well. And we had, we had, um, we had a few people from NXT UK. It was just a nice change of pace. Um, you should check it out if you get a chance. Sorry, Greg. Keep going. Quick plug. And if you want to go back in time to listen to when Greg and I first discussed the WWE, you can go back and become a VIP member. I'm still going to do the Wayne Keller impression. It's, it's, it's gold. Why Why give it up? There are people telling me that I got, we got a couple of emails people saying they cannot unhear this from Wayne Keller now. No, nah, yeah. I'm, I'm one of those people. I didn't notice it and then you pointed it out and now it's definitely, Did it's I definitely you, there. No, by the way, we, we should take a moment to, to shout out RJ Barrett. Who I believe wore pink and black to the NBA draft to represent Bret Hart. He's oh, Canadian, uh, right? Yeah, he the best there is. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. I don't know. You th- I think he could have been representing. Officially, my new uh, favorite basketball player. I know. Even though he went to disgusting Duke, but he's on the Knicks now, bro. He's yeah, on the I know. Knicks, and he's Canadian. I know. Like pink and black. Duke, Duke many, didn't count this past year. How many great garden moments? Um, are we going to get out of the pink and black now? Well, I assume he's going to be on the K-Show today, so I plan to ask him if that was intentional. Please do. Well, I, well you saw how I wore it. Yeah, I'm wearing all Bret Hart. <laughs> yeah. I'm wearing a Bret Hart hat and shirt today. So. <laughs> a beige hat and a beige shirt. This shirt. Classic is, match. This shirt right here. Whew. Shout out to my man, WWF Plug. Hey, RJ, not RJ Barrett. Do we have RJ Barrett on the show today? We don't know. 50-50? You think we'll have him either today or early next week? That would be your assumption? You can talk on the show. Say words, RJ. You're our RJ. <laughs> I didn't know he knew so much sign language. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the downgrade, RJ. The hope is that we'll have him, if not today, then Monday. Okay. <laughs> now, do you think, RJ, do you think that your RJ brother, RJ Barrett, was wearing pink and black because of Bret Hart last night? I may have something to do with it. Thank you. It'd be quite a moment if it was RJ true. Barrett, the hitman. <laughs> oh, my God. That was horrible. <laughs> R.J. Barrett. You know what? Michael K. may make that same joke later today. Please do. Please that's a, that's do. That's a fantastic joke. Get it joke. out to the airway. Let's make it a thing. Um, all right. I keep going. Let's keep going. Let's United get States Championship match. Samoa Joe versus Ricochet. Samoa Joe and Ricochet. We were talking about uh, monsters and badasses that need to get wins. And as much as we love Ricochet, this needs to be one of those matches where he tries to fly around the ring. He gets plucked out of the sky and thrashed because we need to be reminded who Samoa Joe is. I'm going with Samoa Joe. You know, I don't think they're going to do that, but I'm still going to go Samoa Yeah, Joe. I think they're going to go Ricochet. Um, it's interesting. You watch Ricochet, and what you hope he doesn't get is the treatment that Samoa Joe got, which is like you show up, and you're a big deal, and everybody likes you, and when does it really mean something? So for that to happen, Ricochet has to get wins. Um, this title would make sense for him. Um. A win over Samoa Joe is 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 reasonable, and though I wish it started with Samoa Joe beating him down more and him eventually overcoming Samoa Joe, right? My guess is we won't get that. We'll just get a Ricochet win and then Samoa Joe trying to get back against him. But um, I'm gonna go. So yes, yeah, so I'll go Ricochet. Geographically though, isn't this a step down for Ricochet because he was just North American champion? Great point. It's a great point. And now he's United States. You know, Greg, you're three for three on Major. That one I'm gonna give a Mage. Moving right along, Raw Women's Championship, Becky Lynch versus Lacey Evans. By the way, we haven't really discussed what the hell is Becky talking about when she implies the things about Lacey being willing to do whatever it takes backstage. (laughs) You know what what Becky's doing? Welcome to the shoot, Arrow baby. Get that button warmed up for the next Women's Championship match. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay, for sure. But, but, um, yeah, I don't know where she's going when she says all that. Like, that's... It has it has it totally rings of Bret Hart having sunny days, right? <laughs> it definitely does. And it's, she, she keeps going there, and um, it's sort of unfortunate though, too, right? Because when she branded herself the man, she was embraced as like a you know a feminist icon. No, and now she's like, calling other girls hoes, basically. Yeah, this person slept her way to the top. She's, she's next week. Becky Lynch is going to come out with the hoe train. We're going to be like, well, they decided <laughs> to take a weird left turn all of a sudden. Yeah, it, it is weird though that that's. Hey, I thought isn't Lacey married? I think so. I, 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 she's a mom, right? She is a mom. 
Um, either way, she's a mom. She's a vet. Like people know the real life stuff about her. She's a veteran. You have these things. There are lots of ways to go at her. Still, Techni- I don't know if yeah, I recognize. Technically, that. none of those things would stop up one from sleeping their way to the top. No, no, no. None of it does, of course. But just in terms of like, we live in an era where people know too much behind the scenes. Where then you give like this little inkling to behind the scenes, and it's like, wait, what? Is you, are you up- suggesting that's real? Yeah. And and does Lacey just feel like she can't say anything back about it? Like, she's too much of a lady. She's too much of a lady. Because I wouldn't you go right at Becky for being with Seth Rollins right now and say something there if you wanted to play, take the gloves off. Well, that's the thing too. Like, I'm tired of WWE showing us that. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I do I, not I care. Don't care. Even like the other day when he was bashing people with the steel chair and he came across Becky and like did nothing. Like either either whack her with the chair too or just don't even include the scene. Like I don't need to see them together. Yeah, why? Why is it we're not interested in that? Because it has no, like, there's no storyline value to it at all. Think about all There the, could be one day if they stayed together as a couple and something, right? I mean, you could incorporate that as could a Could be, and then that's when you bring it to me, when you have something actually to give to me. Like, right. Don't, don't treat it the way you did Renee and Dean Ambrose, where it's like, it gets alluded to in a random moment, but then it's not a thing. Like, you gotta be right. in or out. Yeah, and like, at this point, I don't want to see it because, like, even like Savage and Liz, like it was a thing. It was a years long story that they told. There, Edge and Lita told a story. Um, Triple H and Stephanie told a story. They ran around with championships too. I don't care about Seth and Becky. Like, yeah, you got to make it mean something just because they're both stars. And by the way, is there anything worse than here they are on the red carpet at the MTV Movie Awards? Guys, for the record, I hope if anyone in WWE hears this. Those, that's those awards. <laughs> no one cares about the MTV Movie Awards. I know celebrities go, and and we already know that Becky and Seth are real celebrities. You don't need to prove it to us by showing them on the red carpet. I'll, you know how many people walk the red carpet at those shows? You don't need to show that off on TV. It is a bigger deal that Becky Lynch is the Raw Women's Champion and Seth Rollins is the Universal Champion. That is a bigger deal than being at the MTV Movie Awards, not presenting, but walking the red carpet. MTV is the most culturally irrelevant thing on planet Earth right now. And that is a self-inflicted wound by MTV. Uh, One, oh my my God, you want to complain about WWE's product? No one butchered their brand worse than MTV. They went from the most important, impactful, cross-cultural thing to the most repugnant, irrelevant people don't even remember the vmas you barely remember yeah let alone the movie awards and like which haven't been a thing for years and and first of all why is mtv even doing a movie awards your music television but but hold on but they still used to do it and it used to matter it did it's true that just shows how big they were right and the movie awards matter but now you're not culturally big enough for us to care about the movie awards anymore yeah nobody cares about that tacky gold popcorn (laughs) <laughs> it's not Cracker Jack. Get that out of here. But it's for WWE, like, you're bigger than that. You don't need to show us that. That's not a win. That's not like, look and look how cool we are. We were invited to the movie awards. They're bigger, bro. Stop it. Know who you are. <laughs> yeah. How's anyone else going to treat you like you're a big deal if you're busy worrying about showing up at MTV? Stop yourself. Yeah, that was definitely, uh, they didn't need to do that. I hope you, I hope, I hope anyone who hears that takes that for the, what it really is. That's not hate. That's my, pride in what the product is and not treating it like it's that like it's something that's still like oh we got to go to the awards we're mainstream yeah we know we know that you're mainstream now can we work on putting a good show together and getting some ratings because smackdown was the fourth lowest in the history of the show ever 1.8 i think this week for smackdown how did it do on tuesday's general though in general um, I don't know where it is relative. The the, the one because like well, if it was still a top three show this Tuesday, that just means oh, oh oh how did you on Tuesdays in general? It was a top ten. It was a top ten cable show, I believe. Okay, that is a, that is a bit of a skit. Um, because it's usually top three no matter what. It wasn't top three. It was, I forget what it was. Eighteen to forty nine. It was a bad week. I mean, like, it's, it is. There's no question about it that it's a bad week. And I read something, and we'll finish up the pay per view in a minute, but. I read something, I'm reading the death of WCW right now, which I've been sitting around forever on and I'm finally getting to, trying to read every day. And, and I, you know, I only read important stuff like the death of WCW. I, cause I don't know the story of the death Cult- of WCW. Culturally relevant. Yeah. You have to stay. I, yeah. And like, I, I know nothing about what happened to WCW. So I need to read a detailed account of it. I have no clue what could happen, but there was something in it that I, a line that was so good. It actually is a really good read. 
Um, when a wrestling, when, when wrestling is in, when it's having its moment, I'm, I'm giving more detail. This was just a one sentence thing that I'm expanding a little bit. When wrestling is having its moment, the rock and stone cold, Hulkamania, etc. When you're having a moment like that, NWO, you can get away with anything. Whatever mistakes you make doesn't matter because you're on fire. So true. Especially when you think about that era. When wrestling's not hot, no matter what you do, you can have a great pay-per-view or a great match. It's still impossible to get hot. It takes time. Like, a change has to happen over time. Stars have to get built over time. And things have to get done right. Plus, then you need lightning in a bottle. That will always be the case. You will never you be able to, that mega star. You will never be, be able to manufacture this whole thing, no matter what you do. It'll never be manufactured. At some point, if this thing is to turn around and get better again, because we have to be real about that we are living in a, in a, a bad spell right now. That's, you just look at the num- the numbers are, the proof is in the pudding. I'm, financially, they're fine. Yeah. But in terms of viewership on a weekly basis, this is not a good time. So at some point, that's going to turn around. The question is, who is it going to be, and are they going to be afforded the opportunity to do what they need to do? And we'll see. I think the the mech, like, they have a megastar on their roster. They have several. I think Adam Cole is up there at the top of the list. Yeah, a lot of people, feel, like a lot of people feel that way. Super charismatic. He could be, like, as big as as big as he wants to be. And by the way, New Day could be bigger. N- the New Day could be... The New Day... Oh, damn it. We only have nine minutes before I go on the air. But the New Day... Let's make it count. All right. The New Day have been phenomenal. I, I literally enjoy their promos every single week. Everything they do, I enjoy. You know what the New Day, in my opinion, needs to change? They need to just turn the look and comedy of it just a little bit more serious. You know what I'm saying? Like, give me like stuff that adults would also wear. Okay. And like, you know what I'm saying? Because they are very colorful. They are so cool in real life, and they are so funny in what they deliver. But the overall cartoonishness of it still appeals to kids. I get that. But those dudes, Biggie and Xavier in particular, on the mic. I believe have another level to go in terms of mainstream crossover appeal. Like they're that good, but I do think they'd have to have. They, you could tell they have edge. They throw in things that are subtly mm-hmm. edgy for sure. If they could turn that one more notch, I think the new day would also be categorized as people who could be on the next on the next level. But anyways, I digress. Let's get to the rest of the pay per view. SmackDown Women's Championship. Oh wait, we didn't pick the first one, did we? I think we both agree that Becky's going to be. Uh, yeah, I do. Becky. Yeah, good. We Smack derailed about Lacey. Yeah. Bailey versus Alexa Bliss, and you want to talk about a shoot? I I don't know much about their relationship. I don't either, but it, but it feels that way to you. It did feel that way when she spoke about like her experience in NXT and like being Mean Girls in the locker room and how um, Bailey basically treated her like garbage, and the only person she could really talk to was Charlotte. And just having to strike out on her own. It felt like a lot of what Alexa was saying about her experience um, on NXT was, if not directed at Bailey, definitely some uh, some fire for Sasha. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I think I think it's I think a lot of it's for Sasha. That's my guess. A lot of it's for Sasha, but some of it's probably for Bailey too because they're best friends. Yeah, Sasha and Bailey are like attached at the hip almost, as close as they are. But in terms of who's going to walk out with the championship, it's tough because, you know, management loves them both, um, Alexa and and Bailey. Well, they love Alexa more. Clearly, they love them both, but they definitely love Alexa more. I would like to see Bailey continue her uh, her women's title run. But, um, yeah, I'm going to go Bailey. I'm not going to. I'm going to go Bailey, too. I, I I, you know what? It doesn't help Alexa Bliss to get another title win that easily. Like she's just stacking up the title win so much. Like build and make it mean something. She has. She's barely wrestled. She's right. barely had wrestling matches since she's come back. Um. So I'll go with Bailey as well. All right. Universal title. Rollins versus Corbin with a special guest referee who has yet to be named. Who do you think the referee is going to be? Brock Lesnar. That's a good guess. That's a damn good guess. Thank you. Well, guess what? Welcome to the shoot, Arrow Baby. 
That is a damn good guess. Because you know what? It puts him right there for if in case Seth has a moment of weakness to be able to pounce. And he's the one guy who, I mean, Seth has beat him down with a chair, but you could try it again if you want. <laughs> like He's intimidated everybody else. He's not going to intimidate Brock Lesnar out of this referee position. That's what I'm saying. So, hey, go with the same thing if you like it. Listen, it was a brilliant idea. What can <laughs> I, do I, say? Like, I do like it. I'm going with Brock. I'm All right. going with Brock. And I'll say one way or another, I think Seth managed to get out of Sunday with the title. Yeah, I like that too. I'm going to go that way. Yeah. The Rosenberg pick. This is this is a safe one. Well, welcome to the shoot era. Kofi Kingston versus Dolph Ziggler in a steel cage for the WWE Championship. Um, You go first. I like Dolph Ziggler, but I feel like he... Gets he he's clearly operating under a glass ceiling, and I don't know who put it there, but for whatever reason, he has never seemed to matter past a certain level, and um, he's still at that level. His nose is pressed right up against the ceiling, and for him to break through would mean him walking away with the championship, and I don't see that happening. So I'm gonna go with uh, with Kofi Kingston. Um, yeah, me too. Um. First of all, I want to point out something very interesting. Do you think it's weird that Dolph Ziggler is like the ultimate, not ultimate heel, but he's a big time heel and he has the American flag on his ass? Um, I don't think it's an accident. <laughs> but it's inter- it is interesting, right? It is. Um, I will go, uh, Kofi, but I just want to, I'm excited for this match. Yeah, no, they can, they have a lot of chemistry and, you know, Kofi alluded to the history and just how many championships he did lose to Dolph Ziggler. Coming up, I believe he said his first Intercontinental Championship and his first U.S. Championship. He lost to Dolph Ziggler. But, um, yeah, he's not losing his first WWE Championship to Dolph Ziggler. I just don't see it. No, I don't, I don't, I don't see it either. I think they, as I, week to week, you can tell how over the new day is. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my God. In at number three on this week's Black Power Rankings is uh, Ricochet, who has continued to be and always is entertaining. Uh, pulled out the win this past Monday to earn himself a United States Championship match. And uh, I'm hopeful that that match is going to deliver as well because, honestly, you got Samoa Joe, Ricochet, two completely different styles, but they're going to go together well and deliver us an excellent match, and I can't wait to see it. So, I see. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. He's coming in number three. In the number two, R-Truth. I was so happy. Who lost the 24-7 championship but debuted a new shirt that I think I'm going to buy. Wow, what a long way you've come with our shirt. (laughs) The shirt is fire. I definitely need it in part of my collection. Uh, Something I can see myself wearing. He's not a winner. Oh, but he is because he uh, regained that championship today. He crashed Drake Drake Maverick's real wedding. Oh, I'm sorry. As Drake was walking down the aisle, R-Truth and the referee show up. He gets rolled up and R-Truth... Is did they actually again, do that at his real wedding? It, they did it at his real wedding. That is fantastic. He is, our truth is once again the 24-7 champion. That's amazing. I love Drake Maverick for that. I, he's a great guy. That, that's awesome. <laughs> that was, that All right. Her, I, I'm down to two minutes. Go ahead. Number one. Here we in go. In number one. Sorry, Greg. Um, in an unprecedented move, it's only happened uh, one other time has a, has a another podcast been featured. Shout out to that guy, Greg. But I'm going to give it to the Black Wrestling Podcast, who this week – they did what they were calling uh, the Black Wrestling Podcast Top 50, mm-hmm. which spotlighted what they they ranked the top 50 black pro wrestlers. And I went through the list. Currently or all time? Currently. 50? 50. They that- got 50. <laughs> obviously, they obviously was a lot of independent stars. It was you a, think? It was a lot of people that I never heard of. Um, but I like that it was a lot of people that I never heard of because I've been really WWE heavy with my wrestling consumption lately, obviously. Um, I like it that way, but I also like um, finding new stars. So they put me onto some people who are definitely. SGG, I have seven seconds. I have set. Do you, oh, I think we're going to go through that the list. It. Okay, no, sorry. No. I was worried we were about to get to the 50. I was no, like, here no, we go. Absolutely not. Absolutely and then not. as a bonus, we're going to do the top 50. No. Y'all, um, check I'm, out the podcast, though, at Black Wrestling. Black Wrestling Podcast. Check that out. Send us emails, rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. Let us know if you want to do SummerSlam weekend. We will get to the mailbag and much more next week. Thanks to Wade Keller and all you guys. SGG, do me a favor and um, stay mage. Oh, yeah.
And take it easy, man. And oh, I'm sorry. No, no, enjoy yourself. <laughs> oh. It's professional wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. At this time, I would like to introduce in the corner to my left. The major thing. Sweet, sweet Peter Rosenberg. And then I went to makeup and like sat in front of the mirror a little bit and got myself together. Also, ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I would like to introduce... Shout out to that guy, Greg. Bret Hart is the greatest professional wrestler in the history of the art form. Mutt, 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 Mitch.